What's up? It's Big Kevin Easy E. Mad Handle Podcast, Episode Five. Episode Five, man, getting to it. Coming. The avalanche is rolling. <laughs> the avalanche is rolling. Never heard that before. Straight off the dome on the spot. Wow. All right. Let's move on from that. <laughs> Dude, let, let's uh, get started really quick. Uh, I just watched the Knicks lose again. So that's two losses in a row, yeah. which is great. Hashtag try on for Zion, right? We're getting those shirts made. That's it. But before we really just kick off the show, I just want to just really touch on my boy, a favorite of the show, Frank Nicolina. <laughs> or as Steph, as Steph Curry calls him, Frank, I forget what he even said. It was the funniest way I've ever heard that name pronounced. Yeah, I don't think white people could say that word. <laughs> <laughs> but, this is what we meant. Yeah, just, just look it up. Just look it up. <laughs> But um, so let me give you the so we obviously lost against the Pistons, which is great. That's good. That's exactly what we want. In that game, uh, Frank put up a bunch of goose eggs. He played 15 minutes, went 0 of three, went 0 of one from three point range. No rebounds, no assists, no steals, no blocks, nothing. All he did was record three fouls and a turnover. That's terrible. And, and tonight, to top that off, he goes 0-5 from the field, 0-2 from three, and gets two assists in 14 minutes. I know he's young, but, like, this dude's going to be in France by next offseason. It's not exactly the second-year breakout that we had imagined. No, definitely not. <laughs> And I mean, you know, you're reading rumors now that the Knicks are kind of like almost ready to give up on this guy. And like, I do understand that he's 20 years old, but, but he sucks. Like there's no way like to put it, like he's not an NBA player. Now what's a rookie deal? Rookie deal is three years, right? Yeah. So we have him for this season and next season regardless. Correct. And I think there's an option at the end of that year for like the team option for four a fourth year. He's definitely picking that up. <laughs> what? Yeah, I think the team makes that decision, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, all right. That's good. Yeah, so he's going to be back in France after year three. <laughs> okay. I'm with you on that. The guy can't be going 0-4s in the field and not doing anything, picking up stupid fouls, only playing 15 minutes a game. It's definitely not a good look. Yes. But I do want to touch – on you brought up the two Nick losses. Yeah. But before that, there were back-to-back wins, if I'm not mistaken, right? First the Grizzlies, and then it was Pelicans? Yeah, we beat the Pelicans, actually. That was pretty funny. Uh, I don't ever want to win games like that, ever. And meaningless wins in November are really going to matter come April when the Hawks – beat us out by one game yeah dude for a top pick that's exactly every time we win a game i'm just like why are we doing this now i don't want to like you can't coach guys to lose yeah you can't say we want to lose but what you can do is you could take certain guys out who are hot 
Well, when yeah. Cantor's going 20 and 20, you can be like, hey, big fella, it's time to sit down. <laughs> yeah. Stop doing so well. We're yeah. trying to lose. We don't care about you. I'm sorry. You picked up your, your $18 million option. It's not about you. Gotcha. I see this where you're going great. here. So since Nilakina sucks, since we got him for three years regardless, and we want to lose, throw him out there. Why is this dude getting 15 minutes a game? He should be playing all game. All game every minute. <laughs> get the reps. And if he doesn't get the reps and doesn't do well, we just lose. It's a win-win situation. I like it. I do like it because uh, you're kind of just giving him just the most amount of minutes to, to see if he could develop. But also you kind of see that this kid's not going nowhere fast. Yeah. So like, and it's just going to give the fans like, oh, okay, like they're, they're going to see what they have in Frank, but we're losing, which is good. Yeah. Let's lose. So, I mean, I know it's hard and, and everyone is always on Fizdale for building the culture and, oh, the culture's changing. Look how excited they were after he beat the group, the Grizzlies. Everybody's know. hugging, hugging and kissing on the sidelines. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I'm not going to be kissing the eighth pick in the draft. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I completely agree with you on that. And I didn't look at it that way to like, hey, let's keep playing Frank because he sucks. <laughs> Yeah, I'm with you on the fact he sucks. Let's yeah. Out there, though. Yeah, let's, let's keep playing him because he sucks, and it's going to lead us to, uh, hopefully, Zion Williamson. Or Barrett, or I looked, uh, I'm just saying, I saw a, a draft projections. I know it's still like super early. All this stuff is going to change, but it's always fun to read the hypotheticals. So I saw the draft projections. They had Zion first. Um I think – I forget it was second. I think Barrett was third, maybe reddish. I forget the, the lineup, but then it had the Knicks at five taking bowl, bowl. I don't ever want that's, to grab the that's guy exactly fucking bowl, bowl. Give me bowl, a bowl. You know who his dad was, right? Yeah, the other jerk off. Manute. Ugh. Don't say that. RIP, man. Come on. Good riddance. But I'm just saying, the, the Knicks do not need another skinny, soft seven-footer. Ridiculous. Agreed. Why, why, when the NBA is going towards 6'7 to 6'9 guys that can play multiple positions and guard the pick and roll, are we going to draft two seven-foot-three guys who weigh 215 pounds? Agreed, man. And there's a guy on top of that wish list who's right around that height can play multiple positions, can guard the pick and roll, and he can dunk the shit out of a basketball. <laughs> That's my boy, Zion. I'm in. What a great I'm fucking in. name. Zion. It's the best. Sounds like he should be in Zoolander. I wonder if he, got made fun, if he got made fun of with that name like growing up. No shot. He was probably like – pushing 200 pounds at like eight years old. Like, I don't think anyone was making fun of him. <laughs> he's bench pressing kids. Yeah. He's bench pressing babies when he was coming out the womb. <laughs> but yeah, dude, I mean, we kind of got a little too ahead of ourselves here with this Frank and uh, Nick's talk, but I just have to touch on that. Cause I saw that, st- that, that stat line a couple of nights ago. And I was just like, just embarrassed for him, really. Like, I was like, holy shit, you're an NBA player and you can't even buy a bucket. <laughs> it's tough. And he's always playing off the ball now. So it's like, 
Because he can't dribble. Yeah, so uh, you got to hit the catch-and-shoot three, and he's not doing that. And then he's known for his defense, and he's picking up three fouls in 15 minutes. Like, come the fuck on, dude. Yeah, I I agree. And like I said, I think we're going to see him in France by the time his rookie contract's over. Because, I mean, honestly, why not? Like, I know we were just talking about, like, playing him more so we lose. But for, as, like, the Knicks coaching staff, which they obviously want to win, why not just send this dude to, like, the G League? Like, he's well, – he can't play here. Well, because he, be, he should be leading the league in minutes. <laughs> I got you. Okay. That's what I want. Lead the league in minutes. Okay. Let's get, let's, get that t-shirt. let's get that T-shirt made, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. All right, man. Let's get let's get out of the whole Knicks talk, man. Where do you want to actually start this show off? So, I want to take this from the depths of Nickland. I want to go out to L.A. and talk about the surging number one in the Western Conference, Los Angeles Clippers. The Clip Show, huh? Yeah, I could do that. I do like them. Doc Rivers, right? Unbelievable. Still yelling, screaming every time he just he, when he's talking normal. <laughs> he still like sounds like he's yelling and screaming. I have no idea how his family deals with it. Yeah, can you imagine what just like an off night is like in the Rivers household? Yeah, like even if he's trying to be nice to you, it's like, geez, imagine him reading you a bedtime story as a kid. <laughs> be having nightmares. Humpty Dumpty off the wall. <laughs> but uh, dude, honestly, I always look at the Clippers roster. And I'm kind of like, how the hell are they in first place? Like, how do they win basketball games? But, I mean, it starts out with Tobias, who I believe is a Long Island native, if I'm not mistaken. Holla at your boy. Holla at your boy. Nyoke, nyoke. But, yeah, man, he's having a really good year, and he seems to be the leader of that team. But other than that, they have just a weird group of players. Well, before you move on from Tobias, everything that you say about Tobias has to be – followed with a parentheses contract year. True. Parentheses contract year, which, hey, it's great, and they're surging, and it's doing well. But contract year. Let's yeah. see what happens. I mean, hey, he's playing well. Get that money. Do your thing. It's about bias. He's always been a guy, too. He does a lot of things. Like, he's not just, like, a one-dimensional player, and that's kind of why I like him. It's true. But uh, he's definitely having like a coming out party in La La Land right now. It's weird he's bounced around the league so much. I feel like he's a piece that a lot of teams like want. Like it's kind of weird that like teams get get rid of him and trade him. But like I also feel like it's got to be a good thing that so many teams want you. Yeah, I wonder what it is. Is is it that teams will, like won't want him, or is he on a manageable a, a manageable contract that's easy to get rid of? I don't know. I wonder. That's a good point. Um, you know, going into this year, I thought, you know, after they traded Blake last year and everything, I was like, oh, you know, like they're definitely going to be rebuilding. But uh, somehow Doc has them in first place. But you know what? I mean, like you said before, you look up and down the roster and it's all like glue guys. Yeah. They're all guys that would do well on championship teams, but there is no superstar. And all the glue guys are just like they mesh well. They're a real deep team. Definitely. They get a lot of minutes from a lot of different guys. I feel like not, no one even talks about Beverly or Avery Bradley anymore. 
it's kind of funny because like Avery Bradley, like I thought like going like he would get a lot more time playing uh, for the Clippers just because he's you know obviously one of the best defenders in the league, and I felt like in Boston, yeah, he was uh, kind of getting that offensive game too. He was learning how to play offensively. True. But, uh, you know, him and Beverly in the backcourt defensively, like when you need to stop, like that, those are the two guys that you can count on, you know? Yeah. And that, that helps, man. That helps when you're trying to grind out games, and that's clearly what the Clippers are doing. And you got six man of the year, or a current reigning six man of the year, Lou Williams. We're still Lou, getting buckets. Sweet Lou. Yeah, man. He's averaging like 18 a game. He's doing his thing. But how about our boy, the rooster, Danilo Gallinari. Danilo Gallinari. Lo- love it, man. The Italian stallion, Danilo. Dude, no. my favorite me- memory, this goes out to all the Knicks fans. I'm sorry to bring it back. It'll be very, very quick. Burst Boston, he gets the ball for the corner three. He swings through, drives baseline, and throws up this reverse dunk. And he grabs the rim coming up the, the other end of it. And, like, his legs swung out. It was sick. Sick. <laughs> That's our boy. When he spiked his hair up like a fucking retard. Oh, it was the best, man. I really just had, like, a man crush on him ever since he got here. I was like, oh, this is going to be our guy. And, like... He played pretty well for us. Like, he, you know, like he was definitely growing and maturing as a player. That game when he went neck and neck with LeBron in Cleveland. That was great, man. <sighs> that team was just a fun team to watch. And then it's so sad that we, like, remember, like, oh, that one quarter that yeah. he just showed us he was going to do it. <laughs> we don't really have high expectations in New York. That's for yeah, sure. Fortunate. But here, bring it back to the clips. Yeah. The one guy. My favorite, the unsung hero, Boban. Boban, man. Have oh. you seen? Have you seen his wife, by the way? No. Smoke show. Get and out. She, she's like four foot two, too, and he's like seven six. It's unbelievable. <laughs> dude, that dude is swinging a hammer. You think? No doubt. I don't Look know, man. I don't know. Listen, I'll tell you from experience. Us tall guys, I got the hammers. All right. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Yeah, moving on. Um, <laughs> dude, yeah, I mean, they, they have their rookie point guard, too, uh, Alexander. Like yeah, he's from Kentucky. You know, I'm sure Coach Cal has been coaching him up when he was in college. And uh, his game has definitely translated to the NBA. Very uh, – uh, what do you think of this comparison? Very Sean Livingston-esque. Pre-injury, of course. but sh- Pre-injury. I, you know, his game kind of reminds me like post-injury Livingston. Okay. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I do see that comparison. And Livingston also a clipper when he started, right? That's what I'm saying. I like it. I like it a lot. And just one more guy I want to touch on really quick. Uh, Montrezl Harrell. Yeah. Dude, he's he's a beast, man. He's a big dude. I remember when he played on uh, Louisville. Mm-hmm. He was just like a guy that would just grab rebounds and play defense. And, like, he now he has, like, a little bit of an offensive game. And I, th- I just think he's the perfect Doc Rivers player. Kind of reminds me of that big baby, like, grinder that they have down there. Oh, yeah. I don't know how he's doing his thing, though. Because, I mean, I feel like guys like that tend to flame out. Yeah. I think like a Kenneth Fareed. Yeah, that's a really good comparison. 
you know, like the high energy, they jump out of the gym type guys. They run the floor, they play D, but then they're like, wait, what happened to that guy? Yeah. You know, I hope he catches on because yeah, he's got that, he's got that vibe. Dude, definitely. I mean, and like the dudes, he plays pretty well down low. I mean, and he could hit his free throws too. I'm just like kind of looking at some of his numbers. He went like 15 of 18 from the free throw line. And that's kind of like, you don't see that a lot from a guy his size and like the position that he plays too. And this is completely not basketball related, but big fan of the headband. Yeah, you're a headband guy? Not look, but his headband's different. It's almost like a fucking, like, the Japanese fucking martial arts headband. He, like, ties it, and, like, you see the, like, the ends flop down in the back. Big well, fan. So, so I, I do... Style points, Montreux. Style points, okay. <laughs> I do remember hearing something that, like, this dude was taking, like, Taekwondo classes or something to, like, beat the crap out of people when he was grabbing rebounds. Nice. Yeah, man. and like, dude, bottom of the second round pick. Like, obviously, had to work his way into getting minutes. Yeah, but uh, definitely doing his thing out there, averaging sixteen and seven a game. Now, yeah. question for you. Yes, sir. Is this sustainable? Like for this team? Like, do you think that this they could carry this pace up? Not a chance in hell. Not a chance, right? <laughs> I mean, dude. Cue the music. No chance. Vince just fucking walking out, (laughs) beating the shit out of all the Clipper players. And then he meets Doc Rivers in the middle of the ring. Oh, boy. Looks at him in the face and gives him the old, you're fine. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, man. Um, But, yeah, I mean, the one thing I will say is that I wouldn't be surprised if, like, towards the end of the year they are – but not the number one team in the West, but like, you know, top four or five. Just because, like, Doc Rivers, like, I know a lot of people shit on him sometimes, and he was handed some pretty good teams. Mm-hmm. But the dude's a really good defensive coach, and they have some defensive studs on that team that can lock you down and grind out games. And, I mean, they're playing that style now. So I could definitely see them. Uh, I mean, maybe not the pace that they're at now, but. I could definitely see them making the playoffs and uh, giving some teams a lot of trouble in the playoffs too because playoff basketball does get more defensive center. 100%. And just before, I just want to say one quick thing because you brought up the coach, Doc Rivers. I don't want to forget about my boy, the assistant coach, Mr. Big Balls himself, Sam Cassell. Sammy Cassell. The alien. Yeah, doing the big ball dance, running down the court. Unbelievable. Always been a big Sam Cassell fan. Oh, big big time. And, like, I don't know. I think old-time players like that, just, like, hard-nosed dudes, like, they teach the young guys how to do it and what to be prepared for and what it's like going against other top guys throughout, especially the Western Conference. But you said before you expect them to be, like, a 4-5. or Yeah. So, I want you – name me the four or five teams above them in, in the West. Like, in the, at the end of the year, let's foreshadow what's going to ha- happen and, like, let's look at the race and see where they're going. Because right now, I mean, you know, the Clippers, Warriors, Nuggets, Thunder, Grizzlies is your top five. Yeah. Um, and, like, no specific – I could definitely see the Nuggets sticking up there. 
you know, mm-hmm. the, th- the Thunder, Golden State. Uh, I definitely see Houston making a run and, uh, you know, getting up in there. Mm-hmm. Then I would probably put the Clippers, like, right around that area, right there, too. Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, I'm looking at – let's look at six through – yeah, well, six, seven, eight. You got the Blazers, Lakers, and Kings. I don't see the Kings ma- maintaining this level of play throughout the whole year. Although I really do like that team. I, I do, but one, they're the Kings, and two, they're super young. Yeah. Like, I don't think the Pelicans are going to be 12th. I don't think the Rockets are going to be 13th. I don't think the Jazz will be 14th. Um, I also don't really – I don't see how the Grizzlies are as good as they are. It amazes me. It's crazy. They still play that, like, same pace of, like, oh, slow-down basketball. but And they're kind of like the Clippers. They're just grinding out these games, man. And But then, like, I just I, – I keep thinking back to, like, when the, when the Grizzlies were better. And they were getting outscored by the Warriors in those Western Conference series. Remember Zebo, and they try to beat him up, and then the Warriors would come down and just blast threes and run around. Yeah. Just, and it was like, okay, bye. Uh, yeah. <laughs> run around, just giving the finger to all the Clippers, um, to all the Grizzlies players. So, like, yeah, I don't know. I'm very curious to see how this West shakes up. But, like um, the West has always been, like, a more interesting conference just because it – it legitimately seems like every team's in it besides like, I don't know, like the Suns and the Kings every year. Yeah, exactly. And uh, one of those teams is actually kind of in it right now. So you never know. Now, one, one of the teams on, a, on the bottom of the list that I just mentioned actually just made it, I think, a big time move today. Okay. Let's hear it. The number four team in the West, which is just weird to say, the Utah Jazz. Yeah. Made a trade for Kyle Corver. Kyle Corver. Yeah, which I know he's old and he's not what he once was, but I think he could help that offense. And quick little side note about Kyle Corver. I remember like watching him in uh, the tournament for the, the NCAA tournament Ooh. when he played for Creighton. And like every time I was watching him hit threes, I was kind of like, what is Kelso doing playing basketball right now? Like, how is he still out there? <laughs> See, he had that hair in Utah the first time. Ashton Kutcher. Can we just, can we just call him Ashton Kutcher from now on? We won't even call him Kyle Corver. Bring it back, Kyle. I mean, Ashton. We'll, Ashton. We'll, like, just bring it back, man. The hair looked good. Oh, we missed the flow. We missed the flow. That, that's all we're saying, man. We just missed the flow. Bring it back. And maybe you can find some success again. You never know. But, uh, yeah, dude, honestly, I mean, one of the best shooters in NBA history. Yep. The dude just runs through, runs around the court, runs through screens, like stops, pops, and drains threes. Like, that's his game. And, and I think it'll help that, op- like that offense. I know the Utah Jazz had big expectations coming into the year, especially how they ended last year, and then they made it to the second round. Everyone just expected them to kind of like pick up right where they left off. And the defense isn't what it once was. I don't like their lineup choices. Um, they're, they're struggling a little bit. Yeah, I mean, like they're playing Gobert and, and Derek Favors at the same time. And I just – I don't think you could do that anymore. Yeah, I think Favors should be coming off the bench there. He's got to be your backup center. Has to be. 
definitely. You gotta start Gobert just because Gobert is just such a stud on defense. Like he controls the paint there. Yeah. But um, I mean, adding Corver to that team, huge. I think now you have him and Joe Inglis, like just that they're just lights out shooters. And, and I think the Corver thing. What do you think it does for the old Dukey himself? Grayson Allen. What do you think he does for him? I, I think it definitely gives him a guy to like, kind of like help mold his game a little bit, you know, going forward, kind of totally. watching, watching Kyle Corver like run through screens and, you know, get around these defenders and hit threes. It definitely helps Grayson Allen, even though I think Grayson Allen is a lot more athletic than Kyle Corver ever was. Oh, totally. But, but if, there's uh, a, if there's a whiteboard and model your game after. Yeah. It's Kyle Corver. Uh, Kyle Korver, like, same mold, like J.J. Redick. You know what I mean? Like, those two guys, obviously a little bit different in stature, but, like, kind of the same game, except J.J.'s kind of got more of, like, an inside game as well as he could drive and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, just, like, watching some jazz games this year, it seems like they're a lot lying real heavy on Mitchell. Yeah. They kind of just do the, all right, you dribble up the court, you figure it out, and he ends up, like, chucking it. And you can't really run an NBA offense like that today. Not, Not as, you, as your two guards just come down and dribble and then shoot. Yeah, no, it definitely helps when you can have him just kind of drive to the lane and, and kick it out to either Corver or Inglis, you know? And, and if you look at this roster, who's their number two playmaker on this team? Is it Joe Ingles? I mean, you got Rubio there. Yeah, but I feel like teams will never honor his shot. Yeah, I mean, they'll – yeah, that's a good point. But he, Rubio will find that open guy to hit that open shot. That's very true. And that's maybe why Corver's, you know, headed there. Yeah, that's true. And they really didn't give up that much. Alec Burks and two second-round picks. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. I mean, two second-round picks, I mean – that's fine. And Corver, the dude plays defense too. Like LeBron whipped his ass in shape to get to play defense. So, yep. I mean, if this team does make a run in the playoffs, you definitely have a guy that you can count on to hit a big shot. That's true. He has been in big games. Huge games. But let's just go through his career a little bit because, I mean, coming out, he played with Philly for a few years and, like, put up some pretty decent numbers, I feel like. And then uh, moved over to Utah. So now he's going, he's going back to Utah. But one year that I really want to point out is uh, his 09-10 year, where he shot 54% from three. Woo! And, and this dude's not just taking, like, two threes a game. This dude was, like, chucking up, like, six or seven three-pointers a game, you know? That's incredible. That's an incredible stat, incredible amount of threes, and, and it just it just gets better from there. I feel I mean maybe not better, but I mean even in 2014 2015 he shot close to 50 percent from three point. That's absurd, dude. Dude's a great shooter, and I mean he I think he brings a lot to Utah just from just from his shooting ability, like it, it helps when a defender can't, you know, clog the middle 
and it helps when you get space and he's a guy that can space the floor. You have to honor his shot. No doubt. <clears throat> Anything else you want to touch on with Kyle Corver? Or I'm, my, my bad, Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> I'm just excited to see. I mean, I'd like to see the Jazz out of 14th in the West. I'd like to see them making some noise. Um, I want to see Mitchell again kind of being Donovan Mitchell and not in this sophomore slump that he's kind of in. So I'd yeah. like to see him break loose. I would have definitely liked to to have seen him play a little bit more in the playoffs last year instead of getting hurt. Yeah. So hopefully this team can kind of make a run. And that coach, fun. too. I love I like that coach. Better. Yeah. What's his name? Quinn Snyder. Quinn Snyder. Quinn Snyder. Sounds – you know, that's a real – like. That's a really good name for a coach, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Wait, what are the name of the pretzels? Snyder's Pretzels, right? (laughs) Well, actually, that's just in time for our promo of the week. When we turn to pretzels, we turn to Snyder Pretzels. Best sourdough pretzel in the world. That's it. What a read. What a read. Um, But, no, yeah, big Quinn Snyder fan. He's got the slick back hair look, which should be a must for all coaches. The Pat Riley. You got to yeah. have it. Fat hair. Just slick it back. Man, you want, NBA coach. Wear the suit. Get a big fat ring. Let's go. You want to be treated with respect on the floor. If you're a coach, you slick that hair back. I don't got any hair, but if I did, I would fucking slick it back and people would listen to me. I think I'm going to start slicking my hair back. I don't know if it'll look work for you but for an nba coach i think it would (laughs) it was worth a shot yep (laughs) all right so i want to pivot here a little bit i want to jump to uh actually a quote that you sent me that you were like dude we got to discuss this on the pod and i um, i was a hundred percent in because What's news in the NBA without a LeBron quote? <laughs> That's true. You, you know, like the yeah. Lakers are the it thing in the NBA because of LeBron. You know, there's going to be stuff about him. And then whenever there's a quote, there's that little nerd, Brian Winhurst, jumping out from LeBron's asshole. Which is insane. Like that dude was hired by ESPN <laughs> to just follow LeBron around. Uh, Everywhere he goes, he's in Miami, he's back in Cleveland, now he's in LA. He just you think they're you think they're buddies like they text all the time or what? I hope LeBron hates him. Me too. How funny I would. would that be? Like I would. You're still around? Get the fuck out of here, turkey neck. Yeah, stop following me around, Pillsbury Doughboy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold oh, yeah. on. Say the quote before we keep bashing went <laughs> on. Yeah. We'll definitely not be able to get him on the pod anytime soon. <laughs> Um, all right, so the, the quote from Brian Windhorse is, uh, the scouts also have noticed that when James is running the point, he rarely, he rarely looks towards the bench to receive play calls from coach Luke Walton. Even when he, sees, when he has seen them, the scouts say he ignores them and runs the play he prefers. Walton has adjusted, and now when James is running the show, Walton will typically let him call the game. This probably shouldn't be considered a slight. It is just James being James. 
Typical. So let's discuss. Typical LeBron. Is this James being James or is this like something more? Um, I think it's both. I think it's LeBron being LeBron, but I also think it's LeBron being like, hey, dude, like, get the fuck out of here. We need to bring someone else in. See, that's got to be such a weird dynamic because, like, in one hand, it's LeBron, one of the, the greatest players of all time. Like, yeah, we're going to kind of go with whatever he says. Yeah. And then on top of that, you're like, all right, so LeBron, your coach is going to be Luke Walton. He's like, who? I know that guy who was in your draft class. Who? Yeah. That, uh, the guy was drafted the same year as him and is now coaching LeBron. I, I think there's got to be points where he, Luke goes on rants and LeBron looks at him. It's just like, shut the fuck up. Oh, big time. Like, dude, first of all, Luke Walton getting a job was based on him helping the Warriors when Steve Kerr had uh, – was it uh, – would he just have surgery when he was out that year? Yeah, it was the back thing. The back thing, Yeah. And he comes in there and, you know, he only loses, like, one game when he was coaching, which is like, yeah, you could put me or my grandma out to coach that team and they would only lose one game, too. That team was a beast. Like, they were a wagon. Like, how are you going to stop them? But um, just going back to this point, like, you know, as soon as LeBron, like, signed with the Lakers, he was probably already looking for other coaches to take over. Like, there's a – there's no way Luke Walton is going to tell me what to do. True. And I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's happened before. Look at David Blatt. Look at Mike Brown. When LeBron does not want you to be the coach, you are not going to be the coach. But I wonder how much he's never really had a, a GM like magic. Yeah. True. So how much does the magic Johnson influence have over this? If any, I wonder. I don't know. I don't know if there is much influence because if you if you honestly think about it, like I think LeBron is already viewed as a better player than Magic Johnson. You're you right. Know, you I'll know? give you that. And like I'm I, sure Magic has, you know, some level of respect throughout the league. But I don't know if LeBron's really if that's gonna affect how LeBron thinks about his coach. But now think about this aspect. Magic was able to get LeBron to sign on with the Lakers long term. Correct. And have him buy into a plan which pretty much says this year is kind of up in the air. Yeah. LeBron's coming off of eight straight trips to the finals, not getting any younger, and wants another ring, wants to beat the Warriors, et cetera, et cetera. And they're like, hey, we're just going to sign a bunch of one-year dudes, Lance Stevenson, JaVale McGee, Caldwell Pope, and we'll figure it out. <clears throat> That's got to give some type of like, all right, I trust magic. I agree. I definitely do agree on that. And also, like, LeBron has done this with every coach. Like, You've read reports from every one of LeBron's coaches where he doesn't listen to them. Yep. So that just might be something that Luke Walton has to get used to. Like, it's just like, okay. Like, the dude's one of the greatest players to ever play the game. He's probably not going to listen to me, you know? I did hear a report how when, uh, after LeBron signed, Luke called up all the past coaches. He called up Spolstra 
and was just like picking his brain. They had a conversation for like an hour or two about like what to expect. Yeah. I was a co- coach in LeBron, all this stuff. So I would l- love to hear the little ins and outs of that. Cause yeah, with LeBron, you get the whole LeBron circus. Exactly. And I think that there's just, there's a few people in the, in or around the league that I think LeBron would actually listen to as a coach. I mean, you had Spolstra. I think he would still listen to him. And I think Spolstra did like a great job. I actually think he's like one of the better coaches in the league, even, even without, you know, all those great players and winning, you know, the big three, all that. Yeah. And I think he, he came through a lot, like a rookie coach having to deal with LeBron. LeBron's bumping him and tossing him around and this and that. Dude's carved out a great career for himself. True. I also think you got a guy like, uh, you know, a guy like Shashevsky at Duke. I think if he was to ever go into the NBA, I think LeBron LeBron's one of the guys that would definitely try to bring him over to uh, his team, you know? Yeah. But, like, other than that, I don't see, like, too many other names out there. Uh, do you have any names that you think – LeBron would actually respect as a coach. A Popovich. Ah, it's a good one. That one completely slipped my mind. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Steve Kerr. I mean, Maybe. he's whooped him. He's whooped him a couple times in the finals. That's um, a that's a good one too. Brad Stevens, maybe. Eh, I don't know. I don't know about Brad Stevens. Yeah, it might be a stretch. Um, what about uh, the Mavericks coach? Rick Carlisle. Rick Carlisle. Dude's been around. Boy. Rick Carlisle. He's got a ring. I think LeBron, LeBron always respects a ring, and he got the ring over LeBron. So Exactly. I definitely think that uh, that would be another coach that LeBron actually listens to. So do you think that this is uh, kind of some foreshadowing of a coaching change coming up in the near future, or do you think this is just the normal stuff that comes with it? I think if – a good uh, that's a good question i think um if they keep playing poorly that and slipping maybe if they slip out of the playoff race i think those rumors are going to be become louder and louder yeah and uh (laughs) you know who's available right oh ty lou (laughs) (laughs) bring him back oh man recreate the step over See what AI's doing. I don't even know. You know what, by the way, I just gotta bring this up. We did catch a lot of flack on our third episode when we were going over uh great number threes from the NBA. We uh we did forget about Allen Iverson. That is true. That that is true. So I would like to t- take a quick message to the fans. Um if you did take any offense to that, um why don't you record your own podcast? Yeah. We don't give a shit. <laughs> All right? It's the Mad Handle podcast. We do what we want. If your name isn't Big Kev or Easy, <laughs> we don't give a shit what you got to say. Just kidding. The listeners. Just kidding. Just kidding. We love the feedback. To us. We appreciate all of your, all of your feedback. And, uh, and we're not going to be changing a damn thing. By the way, one of our biggest fans made us some stickers. We'll be sending those for five bucks a pop. No big deal. Hit us up on Mad, Mad Handle Podcast Instagram. Shout out, Shiv. What? 
Shout out Shiv. Uh, like I said, five bucks a pop. Uh, maybe do a two for eight deal. We'll see. Oh, if we have change. If we have change. But uh, <laughs> right, let's keep this going. I think we talked enough about LeBron. I feel like we bring up LeBron like every episode. But uh, what what do you say we get into some heat check? Okay. Heat you check. Know what that means. Heat check. Heat check. Heat check time. So um, I know you said you wanted to move, move away from LeBron and the Lakers, but uh, I'm really, really sorry. I got to steer this train right back into that into <laughs> LA again because uh, the Nuggets straight up whooped the Lakers last night, and that was awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I watched a, a few minutes of this game, and I turned it off pretty early. But uh, yeah, that was a whooping, and that was. Uh, kind of what I thought could be like the beginning of the end for like a Luke Walton run as the coach there. 117 to 85. Yeah. Just, dude, I like this Nuggets team. Dude, I, I really I like this Nuggets, Nuggets team. team. Um, they have these young dudes stepping up that they just continue to grow each year. I mean, you brought in the old vet and Millsap. Yep. And then you got Murray and and Jokic that are just continue to grow. And you have a bunch of solid just role players that just know know what they're supposed to be doing and they contribute to the team. I completely agree. I'm a huge fan of this team. I think they're going to make a lot of noise in the playoffs. They they play together. They play smart. Um, Herman Gomez, Willie's brother, I think provides some real valuable minutes off the bench. Hysterical, man. Ah. Juan. Uh, R.I.P. Big Willie. R.I.P. Big Willie. I don't even uh, know if he's playing over in Charlotte. I, I don't think so. I follow him on Instagram, and it's sad. He looks good working out. That's about it, though. <laughs> but uh, I love, dude, I love me some Nikola Jokic. MVP. Dude, the guy looks like he he's moving in quicksand. It's crazy. And just threads the needle splashes threes, cuts, moves. Dude, they run the offense through him. It's unbelievable. It just reminds me so much of how I play myself. Like, it's unbelievable. It looks like I'm <laughs> playing in quicksand, but I get to where I need to go. My passes are always on point. I'm just splashing threes. That's what I've always said. Kevin and Nikola Jokic, the comparison <laughs> is uncanny. Uh, I don't know if I want to be compared to him too, too much. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, let me bring up my point for heat check. Let's do it. I think we've all seen this kind of, these accusations for big Dwight Howard. That guy's fall from grace. Just, uh, it just keeps coming on. So, apparently, uh, this uh, transgender person, Masin Elijah, uh, basically put out some statements. I'm just going to read you for uh, one of the, the captions from one of their posts was uh, basically I was afraid to speak, but today my life was threatened after I was sexually harassed, threatened and manipulated by someone I respected my ex-boyfriend NBA player, Dwight Howard. Uh, and his camp also catfished by his disrespectful ass pastor. Like, just there was been a lot of reports. Just wait, 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 wait! I didn't hear. I didn't know anything about the catfish part. Yeah, the, it, it just this story just gets weirder and weirder, and I definitely don't want to go too too much into it because it is a, a 
tricky topic to to talk about. Truth. I definitely suggest uh, the fans take a look at that article and read some of these reports. But uh, uh, one thing that did come out in this was that this person, Messine, has also before threatened a few other people with these same accusations. Uh, One of them, I believe, was a rapper. So this isn't the first time this has come up. Uh, This person has always has also written a book. Yeah. um, So, you know, I, I'm not saying these things didn't happen, but there's always two sides to every story. And I know that when you're a celebrity, these things kind of tend to pop up out of nowhere. So I, I think before anyone makes too much of an assumption on Dwight and his character, I think we got to figure out some more of these details and like actually look a little bit further into the story and see uh, you know, how both sides are reacting to this. God, do I wish it's true. Right? Like, I it, want it, it so would, too. Gender, girlfriend. Yeah, Just big time. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No. But it just would be a perfect icing on the cake. Look at the wizards. Look at the, it. Just adds to their news cycle of just weirdness that just comes out of Washington. Yeah, I agree on that. But uh, yeah, like I said, definitely take a look at that article and some of the a- the accusations. Um, <laughs> you'll get a little chuckle. You, you will, but uh, some pretty serious and heavy stuff there going on for Dwight. All right, I think it's time. I think it's time for the dunks of the week. Dunks of the week, poster time. Easy. Who are you putting on your poster today? I'm doing a fresh, a fresh poster. A fresh, fresh off the of the New York Knicks loss to the 76ers tonight. I like it. A Joel Embiid oh, had, had Papa Embiid in the house and decided to just kind of show off a little bit. Papa Embiid, let's take a listen. Butler, nice hustle. McConnell thinking three. Sixers do have a fresh 14. And B spinning and slamming for two. <laughs> the best part of a dunk is when you hear the ooh and you hear the noise from the crowd before and after. I love it. Exactly. Like, and the spin move was nice enough in itself yep. to finish it off with the sl- even though it was against Trey Burke and Trey Burke's like 5 4. But. It's all good. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> uh, I'm going to move over to another kind of short fella, but this time he was doing the dunking and not getting spot all right. on. All right. I'm going to go with that. Uh, and this is from tonight as well, Dennis the Jr.'s dunk uh, during the Dallas Rockets game. On the outside, Dennis Smith Jr. Oh, goodness. He went by Capella. <laughs> what a dunk. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He's got some power when he dunks, man. I really want him to kind of put it all together because he shows some flashes of these dunks, and you're like, whoa. Yeah. But I feel like that that athleticism doesn't always translate. I, I agree, uh, but I definitely think he's getting better. Oh, yeah. yeah. Only a second year, and he's showing some promise, unlike another uh, late first, late top ten pick from last year. <laughs> Frankie <coughs> uh, <Smokes. laughs> Frankie Nicotine oh. 
Um, just a quick point about Dallas. Just, uh, this just came into my head. I was watching one of their games uh, a couple nights ago. And DeAndre Jordan is shooting 80% from the foul line. Dude, come back. Look at that. That, that, that is honestly one of the, the great comeback stories in sports, I feel like. His free throw shot was maybe uglier than Markel Fultz's free throw shot. <laughs> Dude, hack a, hack a uh, Jordan, hack a DJ, whatever it was. They were doing that all the time. All yeah. those playoff games, all those regular season games, they used to have to sit them. Dude, you know what this says, kids? Like, this is just a lesson learned. Practice makes perfect. Keep practicing, keep shooting, keep trying new things until you get it right. And even more importantly, for all the NBA players out there, if you're looking to improve your shot, you contact Easy's School of Shooting. Don't do that. I have put in several, several off-season workouts with – uh, with DeAndre and you know what it's paying off the dividends are incredible we've worked on his form so again that is easy's school of shooting.com reach out um, if that's not actually a web- website don't worry about it we'll figure it out later I like how you brought up dividends when we talk on Wall Street now <laughs> hey you gotta throw it back it used to be there <laughs> Bring back to the Wall Street. I like it. I like it. All right, dude. You got anything else? I just uh, I'm looking forward to a couple more Knicks losses this week. I want Next some time. good games this week. I'm looking forward to. I'm going to watch me some West Coast games right now. It's 10:30. I'm going to plug in and uh, enjoy me some NBA basketball. How about yourself? I think I'm going to eat some high protein, low sugar ice cream. I'll oh. prob- probably fall asleep a little early today. Got a big day tomorrow. Oh, that sounds miserable. I mean, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Got some big, got some big plans. Looking forward to them. There you Easy, go. always fun, always fun. Episode five is done. In the books, listeners. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Peace. Peace.